This is going to come with shocks and surprises. But remember, this is my little mantra anyway. Break down, break through, break free. So that'll happen. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast with news for the week of April 24th, 2023. It's the Anchors Away episode. I'm your co-host and producer, Whitney McKnight in East Tennessee, and I'm joined from New York by my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace. Hello, Elizabeth. Anchors away, my boys, anchors away. (laughs) I hope the people who have been listening to us in their earbuds forgive you, but okay. (laughs) Do you know it's a drinking song? Yes. It's a drinking song. Anchors sh- away. A, Let's a, drink to the foam. I mean, it's like, the, all right, anyway. And my dad's in the Navy. So, hey, dad, if you're listening, that was for you. <laughs> I hope he's listening. He should be listening. One would think. Okay. Because <laughs> he can't oh. listen to Tucker Carlson anymore. Oh, you better edit that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to leave that in. Elizabeth and I are both renegades from corporate media. We report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We offer you an alternative to the corporate media model that manipulates you into working against your best interests. And we bring you news from the ensouled universe, where cycles within cycles suggest there's a greater consciousness enfolding us. It's moving through us and around us. It's a larger intelligence that extends beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. And by we, I mean all of us, not just me and Elizabeth. All of us. (laughs) All of us. Our goal is to help you see there is order amidst the chaos and that trusting the universe, not the status quo, keeps you calm and hopeful. So that's us. Welcome everyone, patron subscribers and others alike. And I just want to say we need all of your support, whether it's by being a regular listener, sharing us with others, or becoming a paid subscriber. And you can do that by going to ensouled, E-N-S-O-U-L-E-D dot substack dot com. Okay, Elizabeth and I have been making some changes to our format and it's still in beta. And we surveyed our paid subscribers last week to find out what everybody thinks of our new direction. And it's mixed. You're voting for more of the old format, maybe a little more of the new. So Whereas we were trying to dispense with running through the headlines and referring you to Elizabeth's weekly forecast for that survey says, no, don't do that. (laughs) So so what we're going to do is find the unifying planetary theme from the headlines. We're going to narrow down the headlines, not not as many headlines as before. We're going to identify the cycles within the cycles and point to the inherent manipulation by the media or whomever is using the media that you can see through the cycles. Because the goal is still for you to truly gain a level of confidence that regardless of what the media might be saying, there are always deeper rhythms and patterns afoot and they can be anticipated. That doesn't mean they can be controlled, it just means anticipated. And my goal is personally to get my audience, whether it's here or at my other publication, documental mapping the American states of mind is to get you to start honing your own powers of observation so that you don't even need the media except for as a tool like when are my taxes due what's the weather that sort of thing Elizabeth anything you want to add to that when the moon 
moon is in the seventh house. I don't get it. What's that have to do with what I just said? That's all I have to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jupiter aligns with Mars. I'm thinking about Aquarius. I'm actually thinking about Aquarius because we're going to be talking a lot about Pluto and Aquarius because yeah. that's one of the big themes this week. Definitely. Power well, to the people. Definitely um, the next 20 years. <laughs> for the next 20 years. But especially the first, in the song. Hmm? The first what? three years of Pluto being when it goes into Aquarius because I was just like the ingress we were about to have it finish up it's first ingress because now we're about ready to go direct we're going to talk toe about dipping this. it's yeah the, the toe, toe dipping, dipping phase but I think the first three years of a plutonian sign change are really the ones that are indicative of well get used to it <laughs> now you have 17 more years ish to make you know to ground what it is that you've just been presented with and so what is our current astro weather the current astro weather. Okay, so today that we're recording this on Wednesday, the 26th, and the moon is in Cancer, a sign in which it is really super happy to to function in. And it is square Jupiter, so uh, <laughs> which is why and it's affecting my mood. Uh, in you know any moon jupiter conjunct uh, aspect is going to is going to be uh, likely buoyant potentially overconfident that would be a downside but generally you know i'm lucky i've been playing joan armor training all all day uh that song i'm lucky i can walk under ladders so we have this um moon and cancer we are halfway between the two eclipses that are that are that are bracketing you know we're right in the middle we had an eclipse last week a solar eclipse we have a full moon next week with a lunar eclipse but the planetary patterns okay so we have mostly except for the moon mostly cooperative connections among all the kids in the cosmic sandbox for example uh yesterday yesterday or monday the sun was sextile in a cooperative flow with Saturn. So that's like leaders and structure and authority are getting along very well. They're communicating, they're cooperating. Whatever their agenda is, it could be a crap agenda, it could be an evil agenda, it could be a fabulous agenda. But the idea that things can come together, people are gonna get along is highlighted. And this weekend, we have another sextile between Mars, which is in Cancer, not the happiest camper in the world. We're going to talk more about that when we talk about other things. Um, and it is in a sextile, a 60 degree alignment with Uranus, which is the planet of innovation and technology and astrology. There was an article in the Times over the weekend about people who go to different locations for their solar returns. Wait, well, wait, wait, wait. I'm just, I wait. just threw it out there because I was thinking about astrology. You didn't, but, I didn't see that and you didn't send that to me. I know because I just saw it late last night and hmm. I just forgot and I just I just I was just thinking it out and but anyway so that was that was interesting. Um, the other thing that's going on two other thing two other patterns. Mercury everybody should have backed up their computers. You saved your data because you never know. Mercury is retrograde in Taurus, giving us this opportunity to review what we value review our things our taurian things calmly deliberately practically that is what it is and you guys should be out there um reconnecting with people you haven't seen in a long time pulling up an old project taking a look at it maybe it has some value now and reorganize your closets 
Last I don't know about the closets part, but I will tell you that people have been showing up on my WhatsApp or my texts or my email from out of the blue from Seriously? my past. Basically, people just checking in because they know that my year has sucked. <laughs> they wanted to make sure I was okay. But people that I didn't tell that I was having issues and they like found out and it's been really sweet. All these people who in Taurus are showing me, they value me and you know they're coming from my past. So there's some oh, people from the past. Oh, that is... Yeah, so it's been nice. Awesome. Yeah, it has awesome. Been. So here's my Mercury retrograde thing. I got a call from Amtrak the other day. Call us about your reservation that I've made to go to my uh, Wellesley College reunion next month. So I call them and they're like, hey, that 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 train that you booked, we canceled it. Okay. So. Whoops. <laughs> Oops. And so that's a Mercury retrograde thing. And so I, now I have to like figure out how to, how to, you know, reorganize my schedule. Wait, but that'll the, work out. Uh, it'll, it's the Northeast, isn't it the Northeast extension? It's the Northeast or the North or the Northeast, Northeast corridor. corridor. Yeah. 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 Extension. That's the, that's the Pennsylvania turnpike, whatever. I've had too, I spent too much time on both. <laughs> Well, the only reason I was saying yeah. is like, that's a train that they can't possibly cancel. You're going to at least just get a different hour that it leaves. It'll get sorted out. No, it'll get sorted out. But, 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 so you use your understanding of astrology and I'm going, oh, they canceled it. Okay, fine. We're going to sort it out and I'm not going to freak out about it. Okay. Last but not least, humming in the background, Pluto at zero degrees of Aquarius, Pluto, the energy of extremes and breakdown and transformation at zero degrees of Aquarius is slowing to a virtual standstill from our perspective on planet Earth as it appears to turn retrograde, meaning it's going to look like it's going to move backwards, but it's not. But that's how it's going to appear from our perspective on May 1st, May Day, May Day, May Day. So what that suggests is a car horn blaring in matters of power, resources, news from underground. Okay, so that so we have that going up until Monday, May 1st when the planet actually does officially go, start to move backwards. Well, yeah, right. It's not moving backwards, but you just explained all that. No, but but okay, yeah. And so anybody that's got a planet in their horoscope at 0 degrees of Aquarius or Leo or Taurus which would be King Charles and Joe Biden, for example, and Boris Johnson, who's got moon at zero Scorpio. Um, they are more sensitive to this car horn blaring involving power, resources, transformation mm -hmm. than other people. So we keep an eye on them. They're probably going to be making some news. And that's what's going Oh, and Neptune, which has no aspect whatsoever. It's it, it's not connected to anything. And so therefore, it's just drawing attention to itself by by rattling around like a, a can filled with rocks <laughs> as it's shaking because it doesn't have any support. I thought that sound was so my head. All this other stuff. <laughs> it, it was. It was the rocks in your head that were shaking around like like a like a like a tin can, an unaspected planet. And so some of the stuff is is a little wiggy. But there you have it. That's it. That's the weather. Okay, before we plunge in, I do want to just reemphasize. We've emphasized before, so now I'm going to reemphasize because it's Mercury retrograde. Um, these eclipses, they're not messing around. And I'm just here <laughs> as like the poster child for eclipses. I just say, look, these are the things you're fated to deal with. I really do feel that there are things where you just can't escape it and you're going to have to accept it. I, I don't look at the chart so much as 
um, these are your strengths, wield them mightily, you will overcome whatever. I look at it as this is you, these are the things you're going to face. These are the strengths that you have to cope. But also there are certain places where you do your best and maybe your fate is changed as a result. And I think there's a certain amount of mystery that I don't profess. But that is, to, an, that is appropriate over. though for an Which eclipse. Is, I, I, I absolutely agree with you a hundred percent. Okay. You, All right. This is where I'm getting, this is what I'm coming to is what, then when you see ecl eclipses coming uh, in a client's chart or in your own chart or in anyone's chart, such as the folks that we're analyzing here on the show, you say, well, <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that <laughs> because, because there's just no preparing. There's just, there's no preparing. This is where fate really does make itself known to you. Um, and I just had a year like that, a year and a half like that. So I, I actually have been thinking, Elizabeth, I'm going to start talking more about it. Probably over at Documental, I'll, I'll explain what went on. But I am a case study for eclipses, particularly angular eclipses. I had them across my 10th and 4th house axis, which... Home and profession. Home and profession. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, but because, you know, it's angles, it also impacts personal and partnerships. One seven. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. And everything has been in motion. Nothing would have been, I suppose there were certain things where I could have said, yeah, I see this coming, but the timing was just so mind blowing. Yeah. It was like to the day that you could look at the chart and say, oh, this will be the day this gets triggered yeah. and the curtain will close and yeah. whack. That's what happened. <laughs> So I just want to tell people, look, you know, we've just had that eclipse on the 20th and we go back to episodes 33 um, and 34 for a little more on that. So here we are in episode 35. And I just want to say, look, it's coming up. There's a lunar eclipse on May 5th. It's the last one in the series of the Scorpio Taurus eclipses. What's mine? What's yours? What's stable? What's deeper? Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. It's not. There's another one. There is another one in there's another one at five fix. There's another one at five Taurus Scorpio in October. What happened was is we got a sneak peek. Interestingly enough, we got a sneak peek of Aries Libra, and it happened at 29 degrees Aries. Again, reinforcing, reinforcing this theme. The first eclipse that we're going to have in a series of Aries Libra eclipses. But what was interesting about it is how it reinforces this theme that was set up on the vernal equinox, the Aries ingress of this is the beginning of the end. Which, you know, gosh, it's just so profound because that happened at the same time as Pluto exactly. ingressed into Aquarius. And I've been saying, and this, you know, I'm not alone in saying this. I'm not, you know, some genius who's figured something out and no other astrologer has, but I really have been putting my chips on the table regarding Pluto moving into Aquarius, just really, truly moving us beyond all of this dumb bullshit that we, <laughs> that we, that we have been dealing with for 50 years. And I really am committed to that. I am committed to that vision. I have remained very optimistic about that. And it's just incredible that the eclipse came at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, this beginning of the end type of thing. So, okay. So looking forward to next week, um, just briefly, uh, the eclipse that we're having on Cinco de Mayo uh, will be echoing the super duper long lunar eclipse that happened on election day, 2022 on November 8th. So it's going to activate. So anybody that has planets halfway between, right. you know, halfway through Taurus, Leo, fixed sign. Aquarius, yeah, 
the other one, whatever it is, Scorpio. We will Scorpio. not let us Scorpio. not forget Scorpio. Another reason, the fact that it's going to activate the the election. I was saying that this was that what you just uh, said. The election eclipse on May fifth will is falling within one degree of the one that we had in November, which is a doozy because it was like the longest lunar eclipse like in the history of a hundred million years. That was 2021. I remember because that was the um, the Scorpio eclipse in 2021 because I remember I was still in Washington and I went up on the roof of my apartment building and I took my binoculars and it was kind of cold. I must have laid up there for an hour just through my binoculars looking at it. It was so cool. You know, there are some astrologers who are, I think, take it a little too far and they say you should never go outside during an eclipse and you shouldn't be looking at the eclipse. And I just think, what? That's bananas to me. <laughs> like, of course I'm going to go out. I'm going to, I'm going to observe these things. That is the, that's one of the most, how did we get astrology if we didn't observe? (laughs) Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Fact check on aisle seven. I'm just fact checking the longest lunar, I'm fact check on aisle seven. (laughs) No, because you know, so to prove that we just don't make it up as we go along, we actually do look stuff up. Um, The longest lunar eclipse was the longest total lunar eclipse visible from nearly all of North America since August 17th, 1989. And that was the one that happened on Tuesday, 2022, November 8th, 2022. That was the long one. So what the was one, the one on the, the 21st one in 2021? Uh, 2021 I mean. <laughs> that was the one that fell right on your moon. So that was on Algol. <laughs> So that yes. was so so for you that probably right. was know. the longest eclipse because you felt it so darn personally. It was just yeah. like, could you please? <laughs> when is it gonna stop? And then the whole world just changed in the aftermath of that every time it was triggered. You should write it up, Whitney. It's an amazing it's a fantastic case story and fantastic. <laughs> anyway, um, the longest yeah. lunar eclipse, according yes. to the fact checking that we're doing, uh, the longest lunar eclipse was on the 8th of November. And the one we're having next week is the penultimate. Yeah, but the 8th of November 2021 or 2022? 2022. That was the longest one. Well, yeah, let me just wrap this up. So all I wanted to say to folks was, look, you will feel the eclipses. The people whose charts are being triggered by these eclipses will feel these eclipses. The election on November the 8th, 2022 will be remembered thanks to these eclipses. And I just... I just want folks to, you know, keep in mind that there is a certain amount of like, well, what good is there to, is the, is it to know about these things if I can't do anything about it? And I understand that logic because I do think with eclipses, it's just, they come and you can't, you just can't do anything. You don't know where they're going to come from. And this was the other point I was going to make. And Uranus is directly across yes. from the moon. So this is going to come with shocks and surprises. But remember, this is my little mantra anyway, break down, break through, yes. break free. So that'll happen. So, you know, it'll it'll end up liberating you in some way. And, and, and for other but people, it'll just be Tuesday or whatever. The only way that you can, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Lucky bastards. But the thing is that you, you can only really know that you're going to have some kind of a shock or some kind of a curtain close within the confines of whatever is represented in the area where the eclipse falls in your chart. That's, that's about as much point. information as you get. That's that's an that's excellent it. point. I, I remember I had an Uranus uh, transit hit hit one of the angles of my horoscope three times within, I don't know, just over a calendar year. And every single time to the day, Uranus in my modern astrological horoscope using modern rulerships rules um, money, resources. And every single every single time, to the day, 
there was a surprise involved, a little little windfall of cash. It was fascinating. I was like, wow, this is this this stuff really works. So then before we move on, hey folks, feel free to leave comments and tell us exactly how the eclipses end up liberating you or shocking you or so but I mean just be patient what is that Indian or is it a hint it's a Hindu phrase um if everything is not okay just be patient everything will be okay <laughs> yes true. that that is true and 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 I think the corollary in the western world is if you don't like the weather in New England wait five minutes yeah but you know, we have listeners in Australia who are actually going to be able, they were on, a, on, who April saw the eclipse exactly. So for you guys, it probably hit even right. So anyway, penultimate eclipse in Taurus, Scorpio, putting a focus uh, of release and illumination on what is mine, 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 Taurus values versus what is ours, Scorpio, shared stuff. And so illumination and release therein, activating all the people that got hit on November 8th. And so we'll see. Okay. All right. So you're going to tell us about two charts that are worth noting, although um, we're going to be brief so we can focus on corporate media scandals. So, so as anticipated, because we've been telling you that this was going to come around because remember last week on that eclipse, which was at 29 degrees of Aries, which corresponds to the moon in the horoscope of the Biden Harris inauguration. We said, this is going to get activated and we're going to see this soon. And here he is. Um, yesterday on April 25th, uh, he released a video saying, hey guys, let's finish the job. I am officially running for re-election. And it was just beautiful because we were talking about Jupiter and how it can it can give you confidence com, com, and, and something. How Jupiter, transiting Jupiter, um, can boost your confidence. And so it's really kind of fun to see in Joe Biden's horoscope that transiting Jupiter was exactly square his Jupiter, which rules his ascendant, how he needs to be seen. And so here he is with this boost, also backed by the need to get serious and define himself as transiting Saturn, the energy of control and ambition and cuts and losses, squares, causes tension to his ascendant. So ambition plus this optimism. And there he is running for uh, his second term. And it was just amazing because I'm like, power to the people. Okay, Pluto and Aquarius. The first word on this video that he released, freedom, Aquarius, freedom. Mm -hmm. And then visual after mm -hmm. visual after visual of diversity, the, really appealing to the U.S. moon in Aquarius, which is this, you know, this notion of all people created equal that we have not quite ever managed to get together as a nation, arguably because the moon in the horoscope of the United States, July 4th, 1776 at 512, I think 12 or 10 p.m. I always forget which, which it is. Um, I think it's 510 because it gives a 12 degree Sag rising. Uh, but the moon in the horoscope of the mm -hmm. United States, I was talking about unaspected planets and how they make a lot of noise, but they don't have much support. So the moon in Aquarius in the horoscope of the United States is unaspected. So how is it going to get support for its need 
for everybody to be appreciated for their unique social significance within the construct of a group. That is. I have Pluto, but that's going to be in 20 years. And so meanwhile, it will have a square, it will have Uranus uh, in Taurus a couple of years from now, um, squaring it. And so that's going to like supercharge this need. Yeah. Yeah, it will. All right. No, so, okay. So Joe Biden, so he does this. And my prediction is, is if he's on the ballot, he's going to win because, because there you have it. That's just the way it is. Um, and, and great. Fine. I don't have a problem with that. I, yeah. I've been listening to other, I don't know, just other predictory people <laughs> just for the heck of it. I've been kind of scanning to see what else is out there. And there's a lot of crap out there, you know, like weird predictions, people using playing deck, playing card decks, tarot decks, astrology, whatever. I don't know. I just have kind of been scanning and everybody actually has been saying that Trump is toast. Yeah, he is. He's not going down without a fight, but yeah, his horoscope gets interesting. I mean, right now, uh, as, as we have been saying, it was interesting. Fanny Will Fanny Willis came out and said, uh, I'm going to be laying down some indictments between July and September. Remind our listeners who Fanny Willis is. Oh, Fanny Willis is the uh, attorney. Uh, she's an attorney general in, um, Georgia. Is she is she she's a DA. She's not the attorney general. She's a district attorney in Georgia who is handling the right. uh yeah, the, the, the um <laughs> that that perfect phone call. Oh no, that was another perfect phone call. The other perfect phone call uh where the defeated uh, former guy uh, called Brad <laughs> Raffensperger and and said, "Hey, if you can just find perfect me 11,000 votes, you know, maybe under a rock somewhere and make me the winner, that would be really great." Um so uh, what else about that case? All kind. I, I don't know. There will there will be charges. Well, but what's important right now, okay. and then I do want to talk about Pluto, is um, the rape trial with E. Jean Carroll. Who oh, we should talk about that chart. Sometimes. Yes, you're right. Thank you for getting me back on track. Yeah, the first chart. The, the first chart was. Yes, you're right. Thank you. Now that I'm looking at the script, which, which I do Whitney write, does write some an kind actual of script. Okay. <laughs> does who would know works really hard people um so there was a rape trial that opened in manhattan yesterday and it had a scheduled start time of 2 45 p.m and in astrology when you look at the um uh start of a trial and you try to assess okay who's going to win this 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 contest this war um you use the time the plaintiff's attorney begin speaking so they had a scheduled start time at 2 45 but i believe the approximate time uh with the with uh e. carroll's attorney i believe her name was crowley but i might be making that up uh when she started speaking was around 3 26 3 26 p.m and the chart uh I was delighted to see it because, you know, if astrology and we're using the correct time, it certainly does look like E. Jean Carroll will prevail. Yeah. Yeah. It is Crowley. Uh, um, I listen, if, if anybody, I mean, this is kind of a plug for E. Jean, but E. Jean is on Substack and she has, um, she's pretty funny. <laughs> she used to be a, so the, 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 kind of the bare bones facts of the case are, or the, you know, the, the argument that she's putting forward is, is that it was back in the nineties, I think they were in a Bergdorf department store women. and he, yeah, he raped her in Bergdorf in a dressing room. Um, and she kept it quiet. She tried to talk about it when she was an advice uh, columnist at L magazine. And they just basically said, you know, be quiet. Oh, and by the way, here's the door. 
so she she did keep it to herself for a long time but eventually she she went public with it i've been tracking it and sometimes i interact with her on on her substack i have to say that I don't know. I just, I think he's guilty. I think he's guilty. Well, now, she that's me outside two of people. She called two women. She called Lisa Bernbach, who wrote the Preppy Handbook. Okay. And she called Carol, I want to say Martin, who is an end news anchor. She called her two friends immediately after it happened. And Lisa Bernbach said, go to the cops. You've been raped. That wasn't just him fumbling around in the dressing room. He raped you. Okay. He penetrated you. He forcibly penetrated right. you in right. the dressing room right. against your will. That is called rape. And he has icky sticky stuff all over your dress or whatever she was wearing. Some, you know, so that was rape. Yep. Go to the police. And then she called the TV news anchor, Carol Martin, both of whom are going to testify. And Carol said, you know, you really don't want to go up against this, this guy because this is a, this is scary. So she played to the fear. She's like, no, don't, because yep. you know, bad things will happen to you. if Which is a legitimate concern. It's not like she was giving her friend bad advice. It might right. not have been the right advice, but she wasn't giving her bad advice. She was taking, she was trying to protect her. So, um, and, and the other thing is that this example, I mean, he basically admitted that this is what he does. You know, you just, you, you grab, you grab yeah. them, oh, yeah. you grab just start them kissing the- them. And yep. then you, you, and I'm, you're a star. They let you do it. You grab yeah. them by the pussy. And that's exactly what he did. And other women are going to testify mm-hmm. in this store in this trial and say, "Hey, yeah, this happened to me." I just love that Mars is in Cancer right now. Like this shit is not going to be tolerated against women anymore. And I'm sorry, this is just this is this is part of the system that goes down in flames as the planetary patterns continue for the next twenty years. Really, I mean this. I am standing by this. Women are just not going to have to put up with this shit. Fifty years from now, we're going to look back and go, "What a bunch of." Effing yeah. barbarians. Yeah. Uh, and all of the efforts that are going down left and right. I mean, I shouldn't say left and right. It's mostly to the right. I mean, there are some ridiculous um, control. The, the, all those well, we're going anyway, to get to Don Lemon. But let's get back to this uh, <laughs> trial chart. Um, you know, so we use it as the start, the start of the trial. If we just use that as a timing tool, uh, you know, uh, she has the she has the upper hand. Uh, what she has in this in this chart is. Um, you know, uh, she's represented by Mercury retrograde in the chart. I'm going to do, I'm going to talk a little bit of techno jargon here. So be patient and here, but, but um, the jury is represented by the moon in cancer. It's very strong Mercury, although retrograde does have something called essential dignity. So it does have some functionality here. And uh, she's very much in the pocket of her lawyers. Her lawyers are going to get her through. It's going to be what they do. But the moon is making a harmonious aspect to the planet that represents the plaintiff and also the judge. And the planet that represents the judge is the same one that represents the plaintiff. So there's a, there's a, there's a nice mm-hmm. thing going on here. Mm-hmm. And um, Venus which is a, a considered to be a fortunate influence was right at the top of the chart when uh, her retor- uh, her attorney yeah. started speaking in contrast yeah. um and ruling and, mercury and, right and right the exactly and just dis- well uh dispositing it, it is the, the dispositor that's the technical term venus is in gemini uh mercury rules not only that but mercury is in taurus which is venus's home sign so you have these two planet mutual and receptions mutual exactly reception. And, then the, and then the jury being the moon in cancer looking at somebody um 
Mercury and Taurus, well, the moon is exalted, has high functionality in Taurus. And so we have another argument here that the jury is likely to be very sympathetic to the person who's brought this case. So we'll see. And, you know, if this doesn't work out, then this isn't the right chart to use for the start time of the trial. And also, um, Venus is squaring, or sorry, Jupiter is currently transiting and squaring uh, Venus and Saturn in- In Trump's chart. Yeah. So, but let's explain why that's important. Bringing bringing justice. justice. So the defendant in this chart is represented, and we're we're using classical uh, rulerships here, traditional astrology. Uh, um, using traditional astrology, the the defendant is represented by Jupiter in Aries, uh, thinking very highly of itself, but uh, in the eighth house of death. Uh, you know, not not a fortunate position at all. And um, there's we don't, and and it has no dignity, no no functionality. So. There's that. Yeah. Well, thank you for for doing that. Um, that dive into that. I think this is going to be really important. I think once mm-hmm. um some stuff sticks to this guy regarding the way he treats women, we're going to start to see some momentum in other ways and and just mm-hmm. culturally. I I really think. I mean, regardless of what you think politically of anything, just this is just yes respect for the feminine plain and simple. That's it. This is it. And this is going to be different because we don't see too many things at such a high profile where women are vindicated. I mean, we've had the Me Too movement, but whatever. Move and yeah, but like a movement. No, we don't need a movement. We need a reality. The movement should not have to keep moving. <laughs> we need just an established reality. Oh, you know, moon and cancer. I have to say when the moon is in cancer this week, when the moon is in cancer, when the moon is in Cancer, for some reason, well, I, arguably, moon is in Cancer, and the United States is a Cancer nation. But moon functions well in Cancer. Um, I, I make a prediction that whenever the moon is in Cancer, we have some really interesting things go- going on in in the House and Senate. And two things that are happening this week: number one, um, they're bringing the Equal Rights Amendment to a vote as the moon is in Cancer, so that's interesting. And Mars is there, but Mars is sextile Uranus. Mm-hmm. With Mars, but yeah, but Mars is there too. Yeah, I happened to notice that this morning. I was looking at the real time clock and I thought, oh, look at that. The the moon had just gone past Mars and was carrying the light to Jupiter. So I thought for the purposes of what I was thinking about, oh, this could be good. It could be, exactly. And with the Mars sextile to Uranus, we see the potential for some innovation and cooperation in, in, in these, in these potential men behaving badly because Mars, you know, Mars has, Mars in Cancer functions well at night. So that plays into what was going on. The other thing that's on the table, big thing on the table this week in Congress is um, the debt. There's a debt ce- debt ceiling bill that's that w- apparently went through some revisions last night when Mars has some functionality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and Mars does not function so well in Cancer during the day, but at mm-hmm. night it does. And so they were. We don't. I don't know exactly what changes were made. And the moon. Well, the moon was conjunct it last night. And the moon was conjuncted. So there was a nice focal focus. So maybe they'll do something. Pause. Uh, well, I'm not going to hold my breath for that. Okay. I think we have exhausted the conversation about. I am exhausted conversing about that guy. <laughs> guy. Let's talk about. No, actually, anchors away, buddy. Anchors away. Anchors so we have away. You already sang. Stop. Mm-hmm. You sang. Sorry. 
No, no singing. No singing. No, no singing. singing anymore right now. We're going to talk about Tucker Carlson. And we're gonna Tucker Carlson. Don Carlson. Tucker Carlson. And we're going to talk about what's going on astrologically with these fine fellas. Yeah. Well, we know in terms of Fox News and the horoscopes of Tucker. No, no Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson is another dudorama who has what? planets at 25 degrees. Oh, dude, like dude-arama. I was thinking dude-aronomy? Dude what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Dude and we should probably set this up, by the way. Okay, who is he? Because like maybe some people don't know who he is. Carlson. He's but, this, he's but this. he is Fox. He was Fox's highest rated, most expensive anchor, unceremoniously fired. He didn't even know he was going to get fired until like 10 minutes before they fired him. Well, or like 10 minutes, whatever. He's just like, what happened? Ceremoniously dumped. Dumped. And also at the same time, Don Lemon, who was, he is the erstwhile host of the morning show at CNN, also fired. I think he was on the morning. I don't know. I never watched him. Also fired. He had the gall, the gall to say that Nikki Haley, 53 years old, I think, not a woman in her prime. Really? Please. Well, I mean, I, I'm going to jump ahead okay. because I'm going to talk to our audience tell about, about how this tell, is tell us about Tucker Carlson. No, this is just like me this is media manipulation because oh, let's hear you, it. You can't think you cannot think in um red or or blue or left or right terms, which is how these two info streams. I won't even call them news. I don't even call I don't call any of them news. I don't call MSNBC. No, they're personalities. I don't call CNN. Opinions. I don't call, no, but I don't even call these networks news networks some of them engage in actual reporting and actually have some journalistic standards most of the time some of the time one of them none of the time but I, it's just their info streams but my point was just simply going to be there's manipulation happening all the time to get you to think at cnn for example that they are pro-leftist agenda items which typically would include equality or not denigrating women but they don't care because they had to have known all along. And if you look back historically, it didn't matter what network we were talking about. There's always been a man. Like think about Charlie Rose. Remember that guy? Think about the men historically at these networks who have gotten away for a very long time. Speaking of the Me Too movement, Charlie Rose was a casualty of that and he should have been. So Don Lemon at the left, air quote, network, just being a dick toward women but meanwhile they want you to think that at that network that's never going to happen so there's a manipulation there because it's always about branding themselves to appeal to you so that you stick with the brand so if you've been branded to think a certain way of course this guy has to to go because he doesn't fit with the brand but don't think that their values have changed yeah very excellent point so just okay so astrologically so the timing for tucker carlson's ab abrupt dismissal this is a guy who has the sun at 25 taurus so it was hit by it, it was hit by a series of eclipses um over the last couple of years all of these taurus Scorpio eclipses have been impactful in his horoscope. His Saturn, which rules his relationship to the public, was eclipsed on on October 25th last year. His moon is at 29 degrees of Taurus. So that was so this is another thing that's been hit. When he and his Neptune is at 27 degrees. So this is very interesting. So in Tucker Carlson's horoscope, we see that we look at we look when we're assessing what kind his how he functions in relationship, what his relationship needs are. We see the planet Neptune, which rules, which refers to illusion, vision, 
broadcasting intangibles. The planet Neptune is strongly configured in his horoscope in in what we call the the technical term is the sun moon midpoint. So we we always know that you got to watch this guy because he's going to things may not be as they seem in any relationship situation that he's in. And so all of that, the sun and the moon and Neptune were all activated by eclipses in recent, like several months, longer than a year. Hit by Saturn, transiting Saturn at the end of Aquarius earlier this year. And then on the day he got fired, the planet Mars in Cancer exactly squaring his venus so there you know things happen there's got to be a push in the horoscope so he he's dismissed and then people are speculating why and they're thinking well you know it must be because he promoted all these election lies and this i think whitney is where where we could just really i I don't i'm not convinced at all that the reason tucker carlson was let go is because he was spreading these election denying lies that has nothing to do with anything Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I tell you what, Michelle Goldberg at the New York Times wrote the most naive. She's generally pretty good. I don't find that she's dumb or airheaded or too much of a shill, but so often I do find those people in the New York Times. But she wrote something that I just thought was shockingly naive. She said, this just goes to show that sometimes the shameless can be shamed. I was like, what no there's no shame here that is so far from the truth of what happened there's no way a shameless person is a narcissist and a narcissist doesn't get healed yeah he's got because the next stop for those saturn transits in his horoscope is that transiting uranus the planet of independence and breakout he, he could easily simply reinvent himself you know throw his hat into a political campaign or he could just you know take a show on you know just just set up his studio in maine which is apparently where he has a has a, a second home no his his studio he's been doing his show from maine for 10 years well there you go okay but so why so this is where we deconstruct why was he let go two theories both of both of which may apply number one abby grossberg one of his former show producers has filed a really nasty lawsuit alleging that he, and notice also that Tucker Carlson's executive producer, Justin something or other, was also fired. The allegations were that they created a hostile, sexist, sexist, anti-Semitic, crappy work environment, abusing, abusive, harassing, yada, yada, yada against women. And that Fox is not going to stand for. They can't. Okay. They can't. They got, you know, that, well, they can't on public. They, they've backed down like Bill O'Reilly, the, the loofah shower master, you know, who harassed a whole pile of women was canned. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes. This is, this is part of the stupid network's DNA. So they're, they're going to fight with this their whole existence. Right. Okay. But the other thing that's going on, Fox is renegotiating the arrangements it has right with cable providers because if you carry so cable and direct tv and basically all of the like the streaming however it is that you get your access to things beyond the 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 primary four networks so whatever it is that you or five networks right like so there's pbs fox abc nbc cbs whatever it is that you get beyond those things and then your local access channel 
all of those are carried on some kind of a system, whether it's DirecTV, Comcast, Verizon, whatever, and they have licensing rights. So Fox is saying, oh, it's time to negotiate. And they actually, I think it's what, I think I read it was 270, it's $2.70 per household. It's the highest fee that anybody charges. So everybody that has cable. And they want, yeah, but they want to push it up to three bucks. To three. But listen, but do you guys know, I'm talking directly to you listening to this podcast. Are you aware? That's right. Because you're paying for it. Because the media is not telling you this every day. It's not the front page headline and it should be. Are you aware that? You may not listen to Fox News, but $2 and whatever of your cable fee, more than any other network, goes into the pocket of Rupert Murdoch. Yep. So if you don't want your cable fees to be as high as they are, y'all need them higher. And he wants them higher to $3 a household, whether you watch Fox or not. It's not like an option like HBO. You could, I mean, there are petitions going around to cable service right. providers saying dump Fox because it costs so, so much. But so, but right. this is the thing that's on the table now. And so perhaps, you know, perhaps they are saying, okay, we're going to get rid of Tucker because we've got this nasty lawsuit from Abby Grossberg. It's going to show, God forbid that goes into discovery, what a horrible place it was to work for Tucker Carlson, according to Abby Grossberg. And um, if we look like we're supporting this kind of behavior, it might hurt us in our negotiations. It'll be really hard to ask for even more money. Exactly. But anyway, so what is the astrology that we should be focused on and watching this? So the astrology, I mean, so Tucker Carlson's going to be just fine. Uh, you know, we can look for him. You know, I tell you one thing, though, though he's not going to be president because, you know, he's going to get all riled up next year. And, but as he gets all riled up, he's going to have a pattern suggesting an anguished effort. So he's going to be, he's going to be working really, really hard, uh, but I'm not convinced he's going to succeed, but he's going, not going away. And we will be hearing from him more, I think next year. And the person who, who's, who really stands to benefit from this potentially um, looking briefly at at what we know of the horoscope of Jesse Waters, uh, he has a smirk on his face, which is an absolutely beautiful uh, reflection of an exact conjunction between the sun in cancer, 17 degrees and Jupiter and cancer it's it's precise it's combust so you can you can hardly see this man's pr- projection of himself is so large and interestingly enough he has Venus at 27 degrees of Leo conjunct Saturn at 27 degrees of Leo so that's a part of his horoscope that was activated by all these eclipses and so I think he's poised to perhaps step into um, the void that is left by Carlson. Yeah. Well, as long as Jesse keeps them powerful, and, and this was really the point I wanted to make sure that we hammered home here, but this has nothing to do with ideology. It's not like Car- Carlson was just going a little too far by, by editing the tapes of what happened on J6. They don't give a flying furry hoo-ha. That is not their concern. It's he's getting in the way of their power and their ability to stay powerful by making more money because money equals power. And they only stand for power and power is apolitical. Fox does not have an ethos. 
It just has a cultivated brand. And I emphasize cult. And they drug their people with information that makes them feel safe and special. And I think Tucker Carlson's success was he was really good at making people feel unsafe unless they were plugged into his info stream. And then he made them feel safe by making them feel special. And that was that weird, sick, zombie kind of drug stream they were all plugged into. This is your country and these are your resources and everyone else has had to get your stuff and you're special because you think you're special and I'm going to tell you you're special. People, people died because of Tucker Carlson's show. And that happened back in 2021. People were killed at the Capitol and he was part of the the talking head regime that had whipped up people into that frenzy and a whole bunch of other Fox people. All of this came to light during the Dominion uh, uh, voting systems discovery phase of the trial that they, as we talked about last episode, they settled. So it's not, it's not like they didn't know that Tucker was engaged in this kind of thing. So it's another reason that I, I say that it has nothing. And that Elizabeth has pointed out as well. It has nothing to do with ideology. This is all about power, all about power. And for our listeners who don't even think that, I mean, I know there are people in the astrology world who don't think that what happened on January 6, 2021 was a legitimate attempt at a coup or a legitimate riot, or much less an insurrection. I know people are out there who think that. Okay, fine. I'm not going to convince you otherwise. I disagree with you, but I don't feel like this is my place to sit here and pick fights with people about that. I'm not even interested in that. However, the key to what we're talking about here is, is that astrologically, what we're seeing is a move away from things being held in secret in order to keep us manipulated by our information streams. That's what's changing as Pluto is going to eventually move for the next 20 years into Aquarius. And as we're seeing in the individual horoscopes of these people now, they don't want to give up their power, but they're being forced into the light. And that's what's happening is, is that we're seeing this is a terrific case study of the manipulation that goes on by the media that call themselves news. So it's an opportunity for us as enlightened people to say, well, what actually is information and where do I get it from and what do I use it for and how does it help me and how is it actually polluting me or preventing me from getting things in my life that I want to achieve? So this is an example of that, that you know, nothing they said was true and they've admitted that. They're not having an ideological switcheroo. They're just realizing that their power over us is being threatened at Fox and that's why Tucker's on, out on his ear. And this new guy, Jesse Waters, who may or may not, but it sounds like he will be the, the replacement. He's going to fall in line. This is not about loyalty to an ideal. This is about loyalty to the Murdoch family's ability to apolitically be in power, plain and simple. And so let's move on to talking about Pluto because Pluto really is in the background here. Pluto in Aquarius, like I've been saying, power to the people, power to networks, power and in information. Pluto was activating um, this pattern we had in 2020 called the Great Mutation, the Grand Conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius, which is pushing and kind of running the economic show for the next 200 years, suggesting that our empowerment and the people that are going to win are the people who are going to be able to control the airwaves and our thought forms and our data. I mean, we're seeing it and our networks. And so Pluto is, as we get this brief, toe dipping in Aquarius until it turns retrograde next week and then eventually backs back in a Capricorn. But right now we're seeing glimpses and glimmers of how how people are 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 just are how 
just crap is coming out in all of these power. Yeah. And then when we have the other outer planets start to make their moves and once it's possible for Saturn and Neptune to actually talk to each other again, (laughs) I, I think that we're going to, right. I don't know. It's exciting. We're living, we're, we're looking down the, the road toward a horizon that we've never imagined before. I don't think unless you look at sci-fi writers, I just, I, I'm excited. I, I think a lot of people are frightened by the power of um, authoritarian regimes to use information to control people. And that's legitimate, but we've already had practice with that, I think. So I think we will actually be able to find ways to create um, more local communities that stay connected to global communities, but that the power will come back to where it belongs, which is with the people. And we will have more of this kind of hive types of local authorities, local hierarchies that can be broken down as necessary. Ultimately, it's going to come back to the self, which is what Whitney Whitney's passionate about saying how how you as the media, not the consumer, but the media, the medium of all this information have have you have the eight have agency to make decisions and and right before we started um recording today um i told whitney about this amazing story we have to remember to put it in the notes um a woman was in a i remember this story 30 years ago she was in a plane crash she was with her fiance and the plane uh, crashed into a mountain and she survived she she they, she you know she blacked out and then when she woke up her hip was smashed her leg was smashed it's like, how did she survive until they came to rescue her? Because they did do that. But she said that this awareness, being where she was at, it got her very focused on what she needed, which at the time was water. She became so keenly aware of this is what I need. I know what I don't have. I can't walk. Okay, what can I do? I can crawl. Okay, it's going to rain. Great. How am I going to collect it? Okay, I see some some fuzzy material from the plane and I'm going to use it as a sponge and I'm going to I'm going to make little balls of this stuff and I'm going to I'm going to make this stuff. I'm going to make what I need because what I need now is water. And in that moment, not thinking about anything about what she didn't have, I made her keenly aware of where she was at. So that she noticed all these little details. She talks in this article about the things that she noticed, moments of sublime beauty. Right. So, which I mean, just to make sure that we stay on track here, what you're telling our listeners is if you're present and accountable in the moment, your needs will be met, but it is going to come down to you stepping into a resonance of presence. You have to be present. And if you're distracted by media streams whose only goal is to flow your power to be present in the moment away from you and toward them so that they can cultify you into their brand and continue to do that so that they have power, i.e. money, you are not available to your own life. Life's meaning is not being directed by you or appreciated by you or the parameters set by you. You are doing that within a flow that someone else has created. They've put the banks around you, literally and metaphorically. They've put the banks around you and the water of your life, the rivers of your life, they're flowing through banks you didn't create. But if you use the media as a tool to get what you, in the presence of yourself, looking at, and this is why I stress observation, looking at the world around you, just in your own community, in your own home, and you decide, ah, okay, I see what I see. 
and I really see this and I'm seeing this. Now, what do I want to do about it? What tools do I need? What, what sponge can I use to cur- collect, in this case, the, the information I need to squeeze it out in the life that I'm trying to cultivate for myself? And then you have cultivation, not cultification. But we can thank some media outlets for making available stories like the one about this woman who survived this plane crash. I'm really grateful mm-hmm. that. Yeah, but the Guardian is like we are. People pay for the Guardian. People individually, they don't take advertising. It's individuals like you and me. You saw that story in the Guardian. Yeah, it's re- it's yes, it is it is reader supported exactly. If you don't pay for it, they let you have. I mean, I I give them seven bucks a month. Right. So you that is you utilizing them as a tool, and then you have decided that there's value in that tool, so you will pay for that. And that's that's the model that yeah, is. I give it. That's value. the model that's coming into the ascendant. Next week, very briefly, what we're what we're going to be talking about when when we reconvene next next Friday, we will have had that eclipse. Uh, we will have had Pluto uh, turn retrograde, and it's going to be kind of dreamy because we've got some fun. We actually have some fun aspects coming up next week. So yeah, Venus will square Neptune, and yeah, so Venus will square Neptune. So that's that's pretty. And Venus will sextile. There will be a harmonious cooperation between the two benefics, Venus and Jupiter. And so that that's just lovely. And it's going to be part of this eclipse. For now, that does it for episode 35. I'm Whitney McKnight, publisher of the Ensouled Universe and the producer of this podcast. You can find me at ensouled.substack.com and documental.substack.com. Elizabeth Grace writes her weekly forecast at elizabethgrace.com, where she tracks what she calls the astonishing synchronicities between planetary patterns and the headlines. Off the charts, a stellar newscast is patron supported, and you can become a paying member of our community and therefore receive access to extra audio insights into planetary patterns that affect policies and procedures and politics. And we go into deeper dives into what it means to be a citizen of the Ensold universe. But you can do that at ensold.substack.com. But if you cannot become a paying subscriber at this time, please support us by sharing us. You can leave comments in the comments section and just keep being there for us each week. We need everyone's support in whatever way that you are able to give it. So until next time, keep hope in your heart and go out and look at those stars. Look up.